Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 What's that? Welcome to this episode of Shoplifting. I'm Liv Siddle and I'm here with Aaron Livingston, a.k.a. Son Little. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I was wondering what, I mean, it's quite difficult to introduce someone who's got a stage name. Do you rather, which one do you rather be called? Well, you know, I can go with either. Yeah. Um, The way I usually think about it is people may be introduced to me as Son Little, but my friends call me Aaron, so, you know, once once we figure that out, we sort out whether we're friends or not. Okay, we'll decide later. Can, yeah, then you can call me Aaron. You can give me the nod later. I mean, you, you know, it's looking good. It's yeah, I'm good glad. Right I'm really glad. Um, so you're here today uh, to celebrate your forthcoming album, your second album, New Magic, which is out on September the 15th on Anti. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the album? Um, well, it was kind of done in a in a feverishly this past fall and winter um it's a little more um earthy maybe is the word than than my first record um you know i was kind of to boil boil down to the essentials i'd say it's a really song driven record um so i'm you know I'm excited to get it out there. I'm excited to get out and play the songs. I've I played, I played a few of them a little bit live, tested them out a little bit. So far, so good. Good. Nothing I really re- regret so far. That's good. <laughs> what, what do you mean when you say you've kind of boiled it down to the centers? Is it to do with the, the songwriting being much clearer or um, in terms of the recording? Um, I think I think it's it's a little of both. Um, I think the first, the first record... Um, you know, I've been sort of writing and slash recording uh, myself for a long time, but um, the process of making the first record, I think I learned a lot um, in terms of, uh, you know, production and um, just the the kind of science of recording, um, which was a wonderful thing for me. It's something I, I think it's sort of like, like math. I don't know if it's the same here. Uh, in England, but at home, 90% of the people you talk to, 90% of the people I know, you know, you talk about school. Oh, math, I was terrible at math. And I always felt like I was terrible at math. And um, yes, it's the same here. You know, you just, all of a sudden, I was fine until I was, you know, 10 years old or something like that. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm terrible at math, can't do it. <laughs> you know, and it was a disaster. But, um, and I think in some ways, the technical side of, of making music was something that I treated in a, a similar way. It's kind of a similar thing. It's a science and, and those things, you know, I just hear the word science and you start talking about frequencies and, <laughs> you know, kilohertz and it's just scary to me, you know? So, uh, you know, I think it was a little bit of a process of, for me on the first record of, of, uh, of letting go of that and really trying to engage in, um, the technical side of things and you know it had a really positive result for me so on this one I think you know in a way I kind of 
said, well, all right, you know, I learned all these things about the science. Let's just throw it all out the window and uh, <laughs> write a song and and sloppily paint outside the lines. So I hope that uh, hopefully it doesn't sound too terrible to people. But, um, you know, I think uh, it learning all that and, and sort of deepening my understanding of that technical side of things uh, really allowed me to go back to the essence of what I think I I do and what what sort of brought me into this in the first place, which was songwriting and, um, you know, melodies and harmonies and things like that. So I think, uh, that's, that I hope comes across on the record, the, the, uh, the focus and attention to the songwriting itself. What, um, when you were younger, what were the things, what was it songwriting that drew you to what, what artists, um, drew you to songwriting in the first place? Um, well, a lot. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, uh, going through, uh, my mom was a Beatles fan and so going through the, you know, sort of following the Beatles through bubblegum pop songs into, uh, acid tripping, you know, uh, madness, um, is something that influenced me along the way. Um, I heard a ton of Stevie Wonder when I was a kid, which is kind of well known. It's I've said if I tried to get Stevie Wonder on my head, it would be completely impossible for me to do that. Yeah, I could. It probably you'd have to remove half of my brain in order to do that, <laughs> which I have no intention of doing. So, um, you know that that is a lot. Uh, that's definitely in there a lot. Um, and I, later, uh, you know, I've I caught a I caught a Bob Dylan bug, and and that that um has had a massive effect on me as, as a as a writer, um, and sort of unexpectedly as a singer too, I think. Um, but just in terms of maybe, well, obviously lyrically, it's like you're listening to a um, you know, one of the greatest poets that certainly that we living poets for sure um and probably for generations and generations before that um and so that that was kind of illuminating to uh, to be able to see how um you know that's see how a poet can function in 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 modern society you know as a as a songwriter that that was the place um for a guy who maybe a lot of people thought, well, well, this guy, you know, he can't sing at all. This guy's <laughs> got a terrible voice, you know, which I think as a, at a young age, I said, oh, this guy sounds kind of funny to me, you know. But yeah. but as I got older, I sort of, I, became, I came to really love Bob Dylan as a singer too. But I think, um, you know, just that this is a person who has something to, has has things he really wants to say that needed to get out. He's written so many songs. You know, so it's it was encouraging to find somebody with such a focus on lyrics um, that that was the path they chose, and that meant a lot to me. And I think um, pointing me in that direction that maybe as someone who was never really that uh, was always very self conscious about my voice, um, mm -hmm. that maybe I could just live with being self conscious of, of my voice. <laughs> You know, as a means to an end to to being able to say the things lyrically that I wanted to say. 
When you say uncomfortable with your voice, I mean, I've heard your voice and it's amazing. So what? <laughs> uh, I can't imagine having a voice like yours and then being embarrassed about it. I'd be like, listen to my voice. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what was uncomfortable about uh, that? You know, I think, you know, some of it is, you know, just just being young and 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 not sure of yourself. Mm. Um, I think as I was, as I was, my voice was developing, I think it's still developing. But um, you know, as I listen around, I I don't I didn't hear anyone that sounded like me. Mm. Um, and it, you know, as a as a younger guy, it's kind of hard to. You know, you kind of want company. Uh, it's a little strange to feel like you're out on an island by yourself, and and that's why I, I felt a lot of the time. So, um, you know, it was a, a little bit difficult. Also, I think, you know, when I hear my voice, it's still inside my skull, so it sounds totally different to me normally. And when I, you know, you listen to it, listen to it back, and it. It sounds like something completely different. That's strange. I've never thought about that before. I mean, no one likes hearing their voice on an answering machine, but right. um, I didn't think about the uh, sensation artists must feel when they hear their own singing voice back to them. That must be terrible. <laughs> it never it never quite sounds <laughs> like you thought it did. <laughs> Even if you're Frank Sinatra, I'm sure it's still painful. <laughs> um, so I've asked you to pick out some records today. You picked out five, so we're going to go through them and then play a track off your new album as well at the end. Sounds good. So maybe we can start with, what have you got first? Uh, I started with the most recent selection, which is uh, Kendrick Lamar, Damn. Nice. Um, always, all this is so difficult, making these choices. I know, you were really struggling. So, so some people pressure. don't struggle, but you, you were, so you were much like, pressure. <laughs> it was painful for you, you to pick up. Give me 10 minutes, I, you probably should have given me like, 45 seconds. Yeah, it's best to give less time <laughs> so there's no deliberation. I'm not thinking it. Once I started thinking about it, oh man. But that's an excellent one to pick. I mean, that's the album that everyone's talking about and, you know, it's and good well, to it talk about be. it now. I think, I think it should be. Um, um, so? So even picking a s song is nearly impossible. But uh, to keep it simple, I go not to the first track, but the second track, DNA. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty. Burners, boosters, burglars, 
I was fed forgiveness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soldier's DNA, born inside the beast. My expertise check out in second grade. When I was nine, on sale motel, we didn't have nowhere to stay. At 29, I've been so well hit cartwheel in my estate. And I'm gon' shine like I'm supposed to. Anti-social extrovert, and excellent mean an extrovert. And absentness, what the fuck you heard? And passiveness never struck my nerve. And that's a rift gonna bleed this case. The reason my power's here on earth. Salute the truth from the prophets, say. I, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. This is my heritage, all I'm inheriting. Money and power, the maker, I'm just Tell me something. You motherfuckers can't tell me nothing. I'd rather die than to listen to you. My DNA not for imitation. Your DNA an abomination. This how I this when you in the matrix. Dodging bullets, reaping what you're sowing. Stacking up the footage, living on the go and sleeping in the filler. Sipping from a Grammy, walking in the building. Diamond in the ceiling, marble on the floors. Beaches out the window, peeking out the window. Baby in the pool, Godfather goes. Only Lord knows. I've been going hammer, dodging paparazzi. Freaking through the cameras, eating for a daughter's Brock wearing sandals. Yoga on the Monday, stretching to the van. watching all the snakes. Curving all the fakes, phone never owned. I don't conversate, I don't compromise. I just penetrate sex, money, murder. These are the breaks, these are the times. Level number nine, look up in the sky. Tennis on the way, tennis on the way, tennis on the way. Motherfucker, I got winners on the way. You ain't shit without a buddy on your belt. You ain't shit without a ticket on your plate. You ain't sick enough to pull it on yourself. You ain't rich enough to hit the light of skate. Tell me when destruction gonna be my fate. Gonna be a fate, gonna be a fate. Peace to the world, let it rotate. That was DNA. By Kendrick Lamar. Fantastic. Um, when did you first come across his music and what's your relationship with it? Uh, well, I guess I guess I really, I was hearing his name and hearing his name uh, after uh, Section 80. Um, but I guess I really dug in first with Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, I guess that was 2012, maybe. Mm. Um, and just... You know, it's funny because I've been listening to hip hop for a long time, and hip hop has a certain, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's like there's a sort of tendency in hip hop to be either, you know, like almost like religion. You are, you either uh, are waiting for the Messiah or the Messiah has already came, and you're arguing over who it was you know one of, <laughs> you know there's a people we we take we take this stuff very seriously um and i think you know hearing really lofty praise for this guy um and a lot of expectations for him um and a lot of really you know just really high praise for for his really for both for section 80 and um Good Kid, Mad City, and I kind of probably cynically was, uh, yeah, let's see, let's see about this guy. He's really, I mean, I'm sure he's not, he can't really be that, that good. I mean, you know, I was a huge, um, I was a huge, I am a huge Nas fan, and, and Nas was kind of the guy for me that really transcended, um, just, just, even just as a lyricist, really transcended the whole genre for me, mm. and, and kind of, was the 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 standard bearer so to speak um so if i was waiting i was waiting for somebody to and you know i would actually add a, a footnote to that i would put kind of andre 3000 in there too um you know those are kind of the two guys i think over the past generation that 
that really spoke to me. Um, so I was kind of looking for somebody to approach those two. And I mean, if there's probably anybody who hits right around the middle of those two guys, it's, it's, it's this guy. And I had to, I had to admit once I got into it, that this guy was the guy as far as I'm concerned. He is, isn't he? Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah, he really is. Um, Fantastic pick. So you don't want to talk about the song at all? Yeah, why did you pick DNA? I picked DNA. In part, see, I had ulterior motives. You gotta watch out for me. I'm, I'm a little wily. I'm a little clever. I'm, I had an <laughs> agenda <laughs> with this one. Okay. But, you know, at the beginning of the song, he's got these samples from uh, Geraldo Rivera on Fox News, you know, who's criticizing lyrics in one of the songs on To Pimp a Butterfly, All Right, on To Pimp a Butterfly talking about the police, you know, uh, you know, and we hate Popo. They want to kill us dead in the street for sure. And he, you know, they, they're killing him on Fox news. Uh, and it just kind of speaks to me, um, in that this is Kendrick kind of answering these critics who, you know, as far as I mean, they're just completely either ignorant or really just have, ill intent uh you know it's a it's a sort of blatant disregard for humanity disregard for an ignorance or disregard for history you know there is no history for you know uh you know black people oppressing white people in America. That's, there's no history of that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that difficult to understand in a climate where we're watching thousands and thousands of uh, incidences where the police are killing children, unarmed children, uh, who have often committed no crime whatsoever. Um, and if there is any crime, you, you know, often we're talking about someone stealing a candy bar or yeah. a blunt <laughs> you know uh we've got people rotting in prison for possession of marijuana but we're you know other people are walking around in denver colorado smoking bongs on the side of the you know we're vaporizing weed in colorado washington oregon places where not that many black people live yeah and simultaneously there are people in jail for possessing small, you know, quantities of marijuana, things like that. I mean, there's just, there's a history of oppression that we're talking about. So, um, it's hard for me to understand why, uh, you would attack someone who's very intelligently, um, you know, giving a very intelligent, reasonable critique of society, you know, using their anger to kind of educate people. You're right, and those words "intelligent" and "reasonable" is exactly what he is, and it's right. it's so level, level-headed, right. and yeah, it's just absolutely it's, bizarre. It's just a sad. <laughs> it's sad because it, yeah. you know, Geraldo Rivera. I mean, this guy has been in the media. He's been a public figure for decades and decades. You know, he's a he's someone that, like, in all for all intents and purposes, he should be an he's an elder. You know, 
you should I, I would hope that over time you know you gain wisdom and insight about things you, you know, know it, wouldn't you <laughs> and, and here you have a you know 27 year old man basically educating this yeah you know i don't know how old he is but i mean it's just i find it's i mean really and i don't feel bad saying that Geraldo rivera you should be ashamed of yourself i hope he's listening yeah i'm sure he is he probably listens to might not be <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. If he is, shout out. Maybe, uh, shout out to Geraldo Rivera. You should right. be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got to move on to the okay. next one. That was fantastic. Cool. Good choice. So, you see, like I said, I, the, I had an agenda here, and I put them, I ordered them in a way. Great. So the uh, next record that I picked is um, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Catch a Fire. I'll preface that by saying my real preference here is the music prior to it being called Bob Marley and the Whalers. I'm a huge fan initially of the Whalers. Um, But of all these records, I think this is certainly one of my favorite ones. I think this is the first one or the second one that was titled this way. The song I was... I would choose is Slave Driver.
the song we just heard is Slave Driver. Hi, oh, didn't even have to tell you what mm, to yeah, do. See, I'm like, getting, <laughs> you are hired. <laughs> getting, I think that's actually what I've been doing this week is trying to get a job in <laughs> European <laughs> radio. <laughs> um, so tell me why you picked Slave Driver I, by Bob Marley and the Wailers. I picked I picked this song because as we were just talking about it about a willful ignorance of history. Um, and this song, maybe more than any other song uh, written by this incredible songwriter, um, is is really a, I think, maybe one of the most chilling um, stories in music about this history of, um, you know, the, the sort of legacy of slavery and institutionalized racism, um, you know, it's like a, uh, you hear sometimes people talking about a collective memory, you know, uh, you know, Bob Marley was not uh, working a plantation, neither was I, neither was Kendrick Lamar, but there are these scars that are passed down, you know, um, through generations. And I think uh, when he says, you know, talks about the cracking of the whip and his, you know your blood runs cold it's like uh uh just a a spiritual connection to that history um that's undeniable and i understand that for some people that's that's difficult to accept you know but um i know for me you know there are ways in which i don't understand people's history i don't understand what it's like to be discriminated against for my gender, um, for my sexual preference, uh, you know, for my religion. Uh, yeah. But if someone tells me that, you know, I've insulted them based on one of these things, if someone tells me that they feel like I'm, you know, uh, I'm exerting prejudice against them or if I'm, holding them back or repressing them in some way, I'm inclined to listen because that's, that's, that's their truth. That's how they, that's how my behavior is affecting them. According to them, I can only assume that they wouldn't make that up. They're saying that because that's how they feel about it. So, yeah, and so, communicating that to someone is progress because you're moving exactly, forward. Exactly. And I, I, you know, that's, that's the person I want to be as someone that recognizes people for who they are and doesn't, um, and it is not knowingly or unknowingly hurting that person. You know, um, if they've done nothing to me, then why, why would I? Uh, why would I want that? So um, you know, you just—it's mind-boggling to me when people um, kind of gloss over that sort of thing, or like, "Oh, that's that happened a long time. I wasn't there. I didn't have to." Well, that doesn't really matter if you if you weren't involved, then don't you wouldn't feel guilty and what's the matter what's the problem mm. with someone expressing how they feel about it you know that only helps that only Definitely. helps everyone you know? yeah so. beneficial for everyone plus it's just like this is it's just a killer song it sounds it's just a banging track incredibly good <laughs> it just sounds so good like all of his songs and that's true um excellent pick so what do we have next next i have funkadelic funkadelic that's one of the greatest. Their album cover game is just yeah off the charts. <laughs> that album Every cover is great. Every single one. Great. This just 
it's like a you know kaleidoscope face it's it's crazy i think it's meant to be like an eye like that's like the middle of i never the, thought about that but yes and it's like the iris of the eye is this is the woman's face and trust Wait. me i've been super high and stared at this for <laughs> hours but i never noticed that somehow <laughs> yes I yes. think most albums designed <laughs> in this era were made so you could stare out yeah. at them when you're high. It has a sort of lava lamp yeah. kind of <laughs> feeling to it. Why have you picked this one, apart from the fact that you like the cover? Because <laughs> I just continue to stare at it. <laughs> um, well, Funkadelic is maybe my favorite band of all time. This is super early Funkadelic, so... And just like the journey with these with these guys is it's unreal, and there's not really another. I can't think of another story quite like it, where you have this group of guys, and they start as sort of a slick suit wearing doo-wop group that you know starts taking psychedelic drugs and creates uh, basically like the first fusion band, you know, where yeah. it's 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 blues, it's funk it's rock it's jazz it's all these things um it's country even um and they're just very very much ahead of their time i think uh the track that always sticks out to me is music from my mother um in part because it i think a lot of the a lot of the uh soul music that was coming out around that time was around 1970 you know, it's kind of sophisticated. I'm a huge fan of Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions and uh, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, and things like that. Like the the approach was to be very sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Soul, um, Campbell and Huff, all those records, Telphonics and the Dells and stylistics and things like that. It's like very sophisticated arrangements with orchestras and horn sections you know played very meticulously and vocal harmonies and things where you know if everyone is going in that direction Funkadelic is kind of going in the other direction really uh looking back in a way and it's just a real it's it's funk it's like kind of the beat part of the beginnings of funk but in the kind of the bluesiest possible way um you know, it's it's kind of they're, they're referencing Mississippi. These guys are from New Jersey, <laughs> and they're <laughs> and they're referencing there's this, the whole thing is out of a story about he's walking down the street in Mississippi and fake harmonica solo, a vocal harmonica. I mean, what <laughs> other song do you know where guys have vocal harmonica solo? So strange, but nope. but they yeah, can't think of one. <laughs> this is the only one. Uh, so that's kind of why I picked this one because I I, I love the way that they use uh went back and used blues to in a in a futuristic way it kind of reminds me of someone else I can't think. It, it reminds me of someone it reminds me of me that's what i was getting <laughs> at just just to lead you to it there it's uh the track is funkadelic music from my mother Thank you. 
gonna keep running Mississippi one time And I heard someone on my way by Sound a little something like raw funk to me So I slowed down and took a listen This is all I could hear, baby Whoa,
That was Music for My Mother by Funkadelic. What have we got next on your pile of records? In a similar vein, you got me in this early 70s funk vibe. Uh, this record is classic Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, stand. I don't know what was going on in the early 70s, but something must have happened to make all the best music come out in a period of about three years across every genre. I don't know what everyone was, maybe like something in the water table. I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly can't work it out, but yeah, good time. You know, I think it's uh, it's a lot of different things coming together. It's people's mentality, um, along with, I think, the technology too. Uh, like nowadays, we probably don't even think of that as technology anymore because yeah. <laughs> it's not computer based. But I mean the the recording equipment that people are using, um, it just kind of reached a, a pinnacle, I think, which is why you see most of us scrambling to, you know, make our shit sound like it came out in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, and buying that actual the buying those microphones and the, the preamps and the mixing boards, you know, um, because, you know, we, we, I think at some point in probably 1998, we all realized, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Things can't get any better than that. Oh, Damn. <laughs> oh, no. And we've just, we've just burnt all the equipment. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, oh, man. We threw all that shit out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe you can catch the dump truck. I don't know. <laughs> But oh, have you got a specific see, track you'd like to pick off this one? Specific track, and now that I do this, I realize I this wasn't even the one I meant to pick. I was thinking about there's a riot going on, but it's okay because I mean, really, this is full of classic songs too. I mean, let's go with "You Can Make It If You Try" because one of the things about this guy is although. You know, Sly, the, Sly Stone is a bit of a mystery to most of us. Um, and he's had some real struggles. Um, it's interesting to point out, too, that Sly Stone and, and George Clinton were like this. You can't mm -hmm. see it, but I've got my fingers crossed together. They were very close and shared some of the same struggles. Um, but I think it's interesting because Sly, who, who also brought some real sort of almost retro-y blues kind of vibes to soul music. Um, also just has these big kind of exuberant, joyful um, rallying cries. You know, um, this record, I mean, there's a bunch of songs, there's everyday people, but you, you make, you can make it if you try. I mean, it's a really kind of earnest, it's, it's, it's a, it's a rally. It's like patting yeah. you on the back. It's supposed, to, it's meant to lift you up and there's, I want to take you higher, which is also, yeah. Well, maybe a drug reference, but <laughs> I don't think, I think mostly is, it's meant to be encouraging. Um, it's meant to energize people and give people strength, um, confidence. Um, and I think that's an amazing thing for, for an artist to do, to, uh, you know, kind of dedicate themselves and their energy to lifting other people up and something that we, um, we need more of. What do they say? They say that it's easier to write a sad song than a happy song. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I can't, I don't know too many super happy people that, I mean, being ha- oh. that, <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> what I meant to say was, you know, that I think a lot of times, you know, artists and songwriters come from a, you know, there's a, there's a place of pain that you write from, um, whether it's personal or kind of shared. Um, so it is a lot easier to, to write a sad song. I think the flip side is that you write a sad song and then you sing it, it makes you happy. I mean, the idea is to make people feel better, even if the song sounds sad. Like medicine. Right, exactly. So the song is, you can make it if you try. It's by Sly Stone.
Okay, I think we're on to your last pick, and then we're going to play one from your new album. Yeah. So um, we're going to have to quickly sum up this genius album that you have in front of you because we're running out of <laughs> wait, time. Wait, you but... think this is a genius album, really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is, and it's such a hard decision because I've had this, I've had a lot of time in bands to talk about this, but uh, I've finally decided at this point that uh, my favorite album by the band Radiohead is Amnesiac. Um, it it was difficult to come to this decision, but I feel I feel pretty pretty solid about it. That's uh, my favorite one as well. Is it? Yeah, but again, it takes a while to realize that. Well, I think at the at the time, you know, Kid A was so sort of quietly explosive mm. and influential, so different um, from everything that was out at the time. Um, and I think really cool because they, you know, it's like where I've been, I guess they'd already kind of stirred things up a lot when they made OK Computer. It was a big deal. So you almost don't expect a band that has just really reinvented themselves and kind of like sent a shockwave through the industry by doing it <laughs> to then do it again. Just do it again. <laughs> Just as much with Kid A, you know, it was like yeah. really amazing. I'm probably listening to Kid A, and then again and again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen to Kid A every day for two years, yeah. probably, or until Amnesiac came Amnesiac. out, and then I said, "Well, I guess I'll listen to this every day." At that time, I think people it was suggested that this was like the runoff from Kid A. Yeah, but the runoff was amazing, um, and so the the song though that jumps out at me the most. Although, yeah, I'm starting to change my mind, but before I change my mind, I'm going to say it's Pyramid Song. Uh, it's kind of a jazz song. Yeah. Which the piano, that's that lovely one of the piano. greatest piano sounds I've ever heard. Yeah. It's Amazing. So nice. Um, but, you know, it's another group that, and I tend to gravitate towards groups that are able to synthesize a lot of different stuff into into one record, one song, um, one career. Um, and Radiohead is a great example of that because it's got jazz, it's got rock, it's got, you know, folk elements, it's got, you know, uh, electronic elements weaved in just seamlessly to where uh, there's nothing jarring, nothing's out of place. Everything's in its right place, oh, so to speak. Oh, see what you did there. <laughs> clever, I told you I was clever. <laughs> okay, can you right. introduce this wonderful song, please? So this, yeah, this wonderful song is Pyramid Song by Radiohead.
Pyramid song by Radiohead. Yes, it was from Amnesiac. Um, okay, now I'm going to ask you to pick a track off your own album, New Magic. September 15th is coming out on the lovely label Anti. So I suppose um, I don't know what you what to suggest you pick, but maybe yeah. just pick a song that I don't know, just a special one that you like that you want to show everyone. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> What will that be? That's a good. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that would help because uh, suddenly I can't remember any of the songs on this record. Aha. So tough. So tough. Do we go up, down? I, you know. How about 
Why don't we try ASAP? Okay. Well, thank you for coming in and talking so well about all that lovely music. Thank you. Um, anyone uh, who wants to hear a fantastic album, just get your hands on New Magic by Sun Little. And are you playing any shows around September, October in London or anywhere in the UK? It's going to take me a little while to get here, I think, because I'm going to be running circles around North America until I bet, uh, yeah. late November. So, you know, as much as I'd like it here in the summer, I have a strange feeling <laughs> we're going to see you here in London this winter. That's okay. Winter's good as well. Promise. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on making an amazing album. Thank and you. good luck with your massive North American tour. Thank you. Um, I feel like we could have just talked about music for a long time there because Absolutely. you speak so well about it. But um, you can just come back next year when we've done a new album. We'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. Okay, now could you please introduce the track? This is my own track from my album, New Magic ASAP. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Trade Radio. Washed Out, Mr. Mellow, available in store and online at roughtrade.com. and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.